Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is iFanboy Special Edition, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Say my name, say my name, no one is around you. Say baby, I love you, if you ain't running game. Say my name, say my name, you acting kinda shady. Ain't calling me baby, why the sudden change? Say my name, say my name, if no one is around you. Say baby, I love you, if you ain't running game. Say my name, say my name, you acting kinda shady. Ain't calling me me, baby. Hello, welcome to my Fanboy Special Edition Shazam! Fury of the Gods. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I am here with Philadelphia's own Paul Montgomery. That's me, Philly's own. And that's it. We're the only ones that's who it. wanted to see yep. the movie. No one else wanted to see it. There was an email chain out, <laughs> and uh, the others very quickly established that they will not be seeing this movie. <laughs> so it seems like, Paul, you and I are the movie team now, because we saw Thor, we saw Black Adam, we saw Ant-Man. We're cinephiles. We love Hollywood. We love the movies. It's true. We love the uh, the medium of film. So let's talk about Shazam! Fury of the Gods. There'll be spoilers in this conversation. This is... I was going to say the la- possibly the last, but it's not. That's Flash. This is this is maybe the second to last of the Snyderverse films of the original yeah. sort of DC cinematic universe. And I had forgotten, I missed, you know, because of COVID time and COVID brain, that the original Shazam was four years ago. It's a long time mm-hmm. between films. And was it, it? I was thinking about it. It came out this around the same time as the Captain Marvel movie. Yes, yes. And yes. this is also coming out around the, the same year as a Captain Marvel movie, which is kind of interesting. That is weird. And, and this, Black Adam as well. Yeah, and this one is and focused Flash. on... It's a big, big year for, for lightning bolts. Yeah. Well, and this one is also uh, more so than even Billy Batson and uh, Shazam himself. This is a Shazam family or Shazamily focused film. Oh, no. Whereas the Marvels is a Captain Marvel family of characters film. So right. that's kind of interesting that the sequels both went in that direction. I just want to point out that as we record this, it is Saturday morning. Paul and I both saw the movie Friday. And uh, there may be some gardening going on in the background because uh, my neighbors decided to start leaf blowing. So if you hear if that, it sounds I like Connor. If it sounds like Connor is getting a root canal, that's actually yeah. a leaf blower. I apologize. <laughs> so this film is directed by David F. Sandberg. He did the original film. It's written by Henry Gaden and Chris Morgan. Henry Gaden was one of the writers on the original film. And and as Paul was pointing out to me last night, Chris Morgan, he's on the Fast and the Furious films, correct? 
Yeah, he is. I thought he was a co-writer, but mostly he's a he's a writer and a producer, sometimes executive producer way back since um, Tokyo Drift. Oh, wow. So he's been and so he's had his hands in 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 all of those movies since way back since it, be, it really became like a franchise capital F franchise. So. so he is involved. If you have a movie about family, you call him <laughs> up. And yeah, they even reference the uh, Fast and Furious movies uh, and the idea of family in uh, in this film. So uh, it's there, there's a lot of snake eating its own tail kind of stuff happening with this. There's also some Annabelle references. Uh, if you're a fan of the Conjuring verse, because the director uh, Sandberg, who's a Swedish director, um, also did Annabelle Creation, uh, and you do see in Billy's uh, pediatrician's office mm-hmm. there is an Annabelle doll in the oh, background there. there. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, so that's uh, that's why that's there. If you're wondering, <laughs> it's an interesting. And isn't uh, Mary Marvel in those movies or one of the yeah, movies? Uh, she the yes, the actress who plays both Mary, uh, not Marvel. Mary, right. well, they gave her a different name. last name. Um, yeah. She is in Annabelle Creation, at least. I don't know if she's in all of them or... Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. But, but yeah, Mary Bromfield. Right. Well, that's her, like, Billy Batson name. And that's not her super... Right. Oh, we're going to get into all how it... Yeah, they've, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've broken <laughs> these characters in the same way they've broken Batman. <laughs> so, in the first film, it was all about Billy getting his powers, you know, meeting, meeting him in his world, meeting his family... Fighting Doctor Savannah, his family, his his extended family of, of foster kids getting their powers and having a whole Shazam family, none of whom had superhero names. And then now we are at least four years later in our time, and they're established in Philadelphia as the protectors. Although uh, it seems like Philly's not quite sure what to make of them, but they are. We have they um, are the heroes of Philadelphia. Strong public opinion about lots of things here. <laughs> So yeah, so we, uh, as Wolf Blitzer notes, um, <laughs> one of his several cameos, uh, yeah. they, we call them the Philly fiasco or the Philadelphia fiasco. Like a sports team. Yeah. And they end up getting entangled with the Daughters of Atlas, who are original characters. They are not from the comics. Literally the daughter, the goddess daughters of the god Atlas. The, have come the Titan from- Atlas, yeah. For the staff that was broken at the end of the first film, that was his staff. And it's it's sort of like, it's essentially like, it's Greek mythology. So they're also tied in with Wonder Woman, and that'll play in later. But uh, there, there's some there's some kind of convoluted lore going on in this movie, um, mm. and it's best not to think about it too hard. But yeah, they're, and they're all, ba- the, the, these uh, Daughters of Atlas are based on actual, if not mythological individuals mythological groups so right. that's also kind of odd but yeah i don't know if they said it or not but it was a little unclear how much time had passed since the first film i mean they, they're all still in high school billy is now 17 i don't remember how old he was in the first film and it kind of shows how difficult it is when you when you base a film about a kid hero around a kid actor suddenly the kid actor is an adult yeah they grow like weeds and then mary was just starting college and she's in college in this well, she she didn't go to college. Remember, so she, she didn't said go to college. She gave up well, college, or she was accepted into college. No, yeah, she was going into college, but she didn't go. And so here, right, she, she that's one go. of her right. her issues is she's feeling stifled because she gave up going to college, mm-hmm. and that's part of the problem for her. That's part of her story. It's interesting. I mean, like you know, I think we enjoyed the first film, if I recall correctly. 
you know, it's cute. It's funny. It was funny. It was charming. It's very, it's very charming. Yeah. And it's, it, uh, it, it, it came in the midst of all the, you know, all the dark gritty Snyderverse stuff. And, you know, say, people saying, you know, if you're doing a superhero movie, it doesn't have to be so dark. It doesn't have to be so edgy. And this came along and this fulfills exactly, you know, that, that it's, it's very refreshing in that it's uh, mostly, um, you know, all ages, family friendly, aside from some weird quirks. And this continues that. I found myself ultimately having fun and enjoying it, but there were some, some things about it that kind of bugged me. And then I, I just found myself wondering like what, what the point was. I mean, I know the ultimately the point of all these movies is just to make money. That's their products that they sell. But, mm-hmm. you know, four years have passed. I don't know, there, there wasn't a huge clamoring for Shazam. It wasn't like it was a gigantic blockbuster. And I didn't find this story super compelling. And so I was like, they didn't, you know, it just was like, okay, I mean, this is fine. It's fine. It's a good time at the movies. But it wasn't like, wow, this was this amazing story that they came up with for Shazam. It was, it was somewhat similar, you know, to the last one in terms of the overall arc. Right. That's basically where I'm at. It's, it's, um, I thought it was charming and I had, I had a good time with it, but yeah, it's, it, I think that the novel thing about it and where they've gone with it and where they might've continued to go mm-hmm. if things hadn't been shaken up the way they were, it's interesting to see a family of superheroes and to do this foster family yep. with, uh, all of these different, and it's, it's a large ensemble and the thing that differentiates this from from the previous one, I think, is obviously you don't have to do an origin story, but they do have to like th- when they set up the the all the kids being superheroes in the last one, mm-hmm. that was cool. But then you're like, okay, now we got to do a whole film, and we have to give everybody you know time and attention. And I think you know Billy kind of fades to the background a little bit. Yes, which. I was cool with, but there's less of a, I mean, they're definitely going for a particular arc where he feels like he has imposter syndrome and also the concern about aging out of the foster system. Right. I thought that was actually really well done. I was, I found myself getting drawn into the emotion of those scenes. You know, Billy's whole thing was his dad left him and was a kid, his mom abandoned him. And that was his whole thing in the first movie. And now he thinks he's going to be cast out again because he's about to turn 18 mm-hmm. and i found myself really feeling for him and his mother his foster mother and his his siblings i thought, I thought they handled all that really well in terms of like an emotional story i think so too i think it's i think it's a tough thing to do for a feature if this was like a series like whether it's animated or live action they could give like you know here's a darla episode you know right. here's a eugene episode correct but I think they still do a pretty good job giving everybody moments and establishing who these characters are and then also establishing who, you know, how they differentiate between them and then their adult forms. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's, it's aside from Mary, who in the in the <laughs> first film was played by two different actresses, yeah, she so had a kid actress and then and a, a different actress played her as her adult superhero form. Now it's uh, Grace Caroline Curry, who played the kid form in the first one, is now playing both the kid and the adult superhero form. Oh, I mean, she's an adult. She's 18 or over 18. Right. So yeah, yeah. Right. should have had the other actress playing her if that's how they were going to do it. I actually found that really confusing because I remember watching the first film and having a hard time even telling if there was two different actresses because they were very similar looking and mm-hmm. being preoccupied with trying to figure out if it was two different actresses. And then in this one, <laughs> being like, is it two different actresses? It looks the same. And I remember being very confused Mm -hmm. and just because they were so similar looking. 
I think she's good in in either role. I I think she can play both the you know regular you know person and then the superhero character. I think she's you know. Oh, she's great. It's just that if Captain Marvel is a, is Billy in his adult form, then then that should be all of them. So Mary should have just been the same actress in the first film. Either way, if she was an adult already, hmm. if she was eighteen. Anyway, that's, that's well, she was small. like on the cusp, I guess. So yeah. I don't know. But. I found myself actually of all the characters liking Shazam the least. Yeah. Because it felt like they turned the dial up on his annoying yep. side and he didn't seem to have grown or matured at all. And also when he was Billy, he seemed to be much more, much less manic and more mature than he was in his Shazam form. Yes. Which in the comics, he's never been like this. He's always been slightly childlike, but not like a manic teenager. And yeah, I they think really a fine line to dialed walk. that up this one. I yeah, I felt like if anything, I missed Asher Angel as the Billy Bats in the younger he's version. At all. Seeing him more, he's yeah, he's hardly in it. And I would try to imagine the stuff Zachary Levy was doing, like coming out of Asher Angel's mouth. And I was like, yeah, he doesn't. I, I feel like the, doesn't fit. Zachary Levy's doing like a much more heightened version. It felt like he was almost doing Freddie Freeman. You know, yeah, Freddie yeah. Freeman's a much more manic zany Definitely. teenage personality and Billy Batson isn't. And so when he was an adult, I was like, why is he acting like this? It, he was almost, I mean, I haven't seen the original in a while. I, was, I caught like five minutes of it last night on TV, but mm-hmm. I don't remember him being this over the top in terms of I'm a wacky teenager. And it's just kind of frustrating. What I remember of it, it was more of like the like wide eyed awe of, right. Oh my God, look what I can do. And this is more him being comfortable as himself, but it, it it feels like he's putting on a character. Yeah. It was a little grating. I would say that actually Freddie is almost more the protagonist. Yes. Oh yeah. For most of the film until you get sort of to the end with Billy's sacrifice. It's it's mostly about Freddie. And I and I feel like there are pros and cons to that for the performance. Let me ask you this. When <laughs> when Freddie runs into Anne, this new yeah. girl at school. Yeah. Did you Rachel Ziegler Ziegler from West Side Story? West Side Story, yes, the remake. Wonderful singer and actress. Uh, I like her a lot. Did you clock immediately that? Oh, she. This is another daughter of Atlas. That's the problem. The problem is the pre-movie, you know, promotion spoiled that. I don't remember if it was in the trailer, but it was certainly in like either an article or something. I or something, but she was uh, seen. You know, they showed her in her costume and said she was playing one of the daughters of Atlas. So when she showed up, I was okay, like, okay. We're flipped on this episode because I, usually I'm the one who's spoiled a lot by the promotional <laughs> stuff. I did not know that going in. Mm. So I was, but immediately I was like, the way that she was like very quickly latching on to Freddie and right. taking his side and things was like, oh, this, she's one of the villain characters or at least one of the, (laughs) and like, and I thought of her as a villain. Like I I was thinking, Oh, she's, she's like playing along with him because she's trying to trick him. Oh, interesting. And what you actually find out later on is that, Oh no, she actually is genuinely like, you know, she has an affinity for the, I don't don't know if she's attracted to him, but she Mm. is impressed by him and his um, heroism and his sense of self. But the only way that that works is because she's from another world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
in any other scenario, if if this was like I was like she is undercover and she is pretending to like him because she's in Jump he Street. is very manic, and yeah. I found him kind of obnoxious. <laughs> I wonder if that's because we're getting older and all teenagers are maybe. Obnoxious. But the other thing is also that, and that you 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 spoke to this a little bit earlier. The, the kids are older. Yeah. So some of the stuff, like I think, I think Darla's actress pulls it off that she's yes. just a sweet person. Yeah. But I think with like Freddie, I was like some of the stuff that I gave him leeway for in the first film. He's older. He's a much you know bigger guy. Like I like I, it's not as cute and precocious anymore. Now it's kind of obnoxious. Obnoxious. Yeah, that was I think the biggest frustration for me is that none of these characters who clearly were older, you know, they were. I don't even, you know, I don't care what the time in the original film was. They, they're all the, the two guys at least, you know, Freddie and Billy are like a foot taller. They mm-hmm. don't act like it. They still act like they're fourteen or whatever they were in the first film, thirteen. Yeah. And it's like you guys have not changed at all. And I mean, they aged him because again, Billy was supposed to be seventeen, and he does. Hell, at seventeen, I was in college. Mm-hmm. I couldn't act like that. It was just weird and kind of annoying, but. You know, through the arc of the film, you mentioned Billy's sacrifice at the end. I thought that was really well done. Yes. I thought it was really heartfelt. I thought it made sense. I thought the scene with his mother, who can't touch him because of the force field, saying goodbye Mm -hmm. was really good. I mean, I thought for all of his frustrating mannerisms and, and hyperactive energy, I thought that his turn to sacrifice himself to save everyone else was a good one. And well yeah, done. and that's that's where I just wish that we got more of Billy, like yeah. the Asher Angel version, like yeah. that to the point where before he goes off, his his mother says, "Can I see my Billy? Can mm-hmm. I see you know your younger self?" Yeah, and he has to turn back into it, and which is you almost wish that he'd already been in that form, right. so she didn't have to be like, "Hey, can you?" Because it's, it's it's a little bit of like a contrivance, but but no, I th- I think that that bit is good. Um, it's just leading up to that. It was more Freddy's movie than Billy's movie. For sure. So they did sort of a swap. He had the romance plot. He had the sort of, you know, being entangled with the bad guys plot. He teamed Hanging up with, out the, with wizard. the wizard. Yeah, like yeah. he was sort of the the main character. I was really distracted by the costume change. They gave all the characters these weird white little almost patches on their costumes. And at first I thought that the costumes were old and ripped up. Until I realized, no, they just gave him for some reason these little white tags all over them. Oh, they're like I, th- I thought they look like pockets. Like they're like they look like little slits. Like I don't know. Yeah. First, I thought, oh, Billy's costume. You know, he hasn't been able to repair it. It's got holes in it. But no, that's just what they did. They gave him also almost like this sort of wing detail on his chest. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they have to constantly tinker with the costumes. They're not selling toys anymore. Hmm. I also, in general, just really hate the modern superhero costume that looks like it's plastic. Yes. They have very boxy boots. Yeah. The, the, sort of the last time they they tried to really make it look like what it should was Christopher Reeve. And ever since then, it's like, it's like these hyper-detailed, heavily molded plastic costumes. And I just, I just wish someone would try something else. They all look the same. What's the Superman and Lois show? The current oh. one that is it is it Superman and Lois Superman or is it Clark? <laughs> yeah, it's Superman Superman. Okay, when he had his like original costume, yes, yes. that looked great. I love that. Yeah. All of them look like that. I mean, try some, someone try something new because every superhero costume looks the same. Hmm. 
I also in the first film because I caught it last night. They they gave Billy the the dual cape, you know, from the comics, and here yes. he just has a long white cape, which is twice as long as it should be on Captain Marvel. I'm sorry, Shazam. <laughs> Did you catch the cameo? Hard to miss. <laughs> <laughs> which from the man on the street? The man on the street, yeah, Michael when Gray. Uh, Billy was conf- yeah confronting Calypso, Lucy Liu's character, I believe. Yeah. He's in like background. Sh- he has like featured shots, but then he's also in the background. He's just kind of like, okay, I guess I'm just going to wander away now because there's a <laughs> dragon in front of me. Um, but yeah, very, like very uh, conspicuous. Like even if you didn't know that there was previously a Shazam anything, TV um, show. you would know that this guy, yeah. this guy is somebody. Yeah. So the original Shazam TV show, which was on in 1974, 75, 76, featured Michael Gray playing the Captain Marvel version. And he shows up in his T-shirt from the show. I guess that was- and this is a seventy-one-year-old man, so like with with uh, you know moppy brown hair and really like, baggy. This t-shirt. is clearly this is yeah. This is clearly somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the um, whole yeah. running joke throughout both films is that none of these characters have names because they broke it at DC. They still don't really have names, and that's the constant yeah. running joke. I mean, Freddie Freeman calls himself Captain Every Power, which does pay off when Billy says. I'm Captain Every Power Jr. Yes. That was a very sweet callback to that. I I like that in that moment. They're all shouting out to Shazam from the street, and Michael Grace calls him Captain Marvel, and I was surprised they let him do that. I thought that was nice. It just, when it's the Marvel family, it's Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel Jr., and Mary Marvel. It's been many, 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 many years. They haven't figured out a way to fix that. There's no solution. When Mary Marvel shows up in the comics, she's not called anything other than Mary. Right. And also, like when you know, so when the wizard at the end says your superhero name is Shazam, and they're like, "Oh, that is difficult because if he says that word, there's electricity." And right, as right, the right. cross stitch says, "No Shazamming in the house." I like that. Yeah, that honor. They also like this is a, not really related to the name, but to his character. He has the wisdom of Solomon. There's a whole joke in here about how, he, how he's an idiot. So right. where is the wisdom of Solomon? He has it. Someone has got it. There's wisdom in his heart. That's not it's how not wisdom, wisdom in his head. <laughs> the wizard said, and I don't like that it's just the wizard. Exactly. The wizard's He's name Shazam. is also Shazam. Right. But like, I wish they could just come up with something. But I guess if they change it, then that's conceding defeat. That someone like, needs I, to or, or showing weakness or something. It, yeah, it's it's a problem. And like, as much as I love that it's, you know, this, this, this mixed family and everybody has their own last name. It makes it complicated and you wish that it could, you know, be Captain Marvel Jr., you know, or, or like, and then Lieutenant Marvel, Commander Marvel. I don't even know. Well, in the comics, they don't have the powers anymore. They've whittled it back down to just, I mean, Billy and Mary, but I assume Freddie, but I haven't seen Freddie in forever. So the other ones, Eugene and Darla and Pedro don't have the powers anymore, at least Uh for right now. So... I don't know. And it's just, it's interesting because it's something different. There are plenty of teams yes. in comics. There are plenty of found families in superhero comics, but to have like an actual family and they all have the same powers, mm-hmm. but just a different sensibility about each of them. It, you know, you could do something cool with that, but they just haven't found their way. Unfortunately. What did you think of the daughters of Atlas themselves? Um, I think they were fine. You know, it's Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu and, and Rachel Zegler. And, you know, again, Helen Mirren from Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw. 
you know, they had their sibling spat where they all had different goals. The, the original goal is to get their father's magical staff back, which Billy Broken Half and is now on display in a museum. And, you know, they all have different reasons for wanting it back. And they're all different levels of evil. I like that dynamic. That worked. Yeah. Because they weren't all just a I like that they monolith. were on a united front. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and I liked that, you know, that, that the, ter- the, where Calypso is, feels like she's almost the lieutenant and Helen Mirren, you know, think, you know, she has seniority. Right. You think she's the boss, but then you, you have this turn. And I, I think that that arc, you know, worked pretty good. You're expecting Helen Mirren's character to be the bad guy. And I liked that they were all in, you know, Helen Mirren was all in. Lucy Liu was all in. Yeah. I thought they were fine. I mean, one of the things. That we always say, and this was a problem in the first film, even though Dr. Savannah was the main bad guy, was that so many of these superhero films devolve into giant CG creature battle in the third act. Mm-hmm. And that was a big problem in the first one because Savannah unleashed like the seven sins and they were just these uninteresting brown CG monsters. Here, mm-hmm. at least they had a dragon, which I thought was cool. And he still was basically fighting against the sisters. The best of these films feature a hero fighting a villain, and they're both human. Mm-hmm. Captain America and Winter Soldier, Batman and the Joker. Like, when it's, you know, human fighting human and not human fighting CG creature, it's better. Even though, again, there's a dragon he fights, but he's also fighting against these sisters. I thought it was better when you have a human to face off against, even just to act against is better. Yeah, and he, even if it's like coming. a, like, super soldier human, like, like, Killmonger is a great villain. Right, just a human, just a human being to fight. Even Kingpin, great villain. Yeah. And, and and a lot of fun to watch in these. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. This is unusually brutal at times, especially for the vibe. I mean, I remember in the first film, those seven deadly sins came and wiped out the boardroom pretty. Yeah, know, that went hard. That went hard. That but was like, like it, whoa. <laughs> here, like, you know, the sisters unleashed the, you know, like griffins and and harpies and, you know, the sort of creatures uh, of myth. Minotaurs and Cyclopses. And, and this, I like that the Cyclops is like a Ray Harryhausen style Cyclops. Yeah. And, and then one point, like, you know, they're terrorizing and people are running and there's, they, we really focus in on this one woman who's in a car and then she gets away. And then, you know, we really sort of follow her journey. And then she gets like impaled and tossed to the side. I was like, fuck. Yeah. You know, and then the same thing with Dietrich Bader, you know, the teacher at their school where the, where that they make him jump off the roof. And I was like, Jesus. Wild. Because it was like, oh, Diedrich Bader, I wonder what he's going to be up to. And like, you know, I don't know if he's in there. You know, he's a he's voiced Batman and mm-hmm. a few different things. But, you know, like he's somebody that you recognize. And I was like, oh, I wonder, yeah. you know, what role he's going to play. And then like he walks. I was like, surely he's not going to. Oh, OK. They did. They uh, they killed him. <laughs> there was even a splat sound. Right. It's interesting because these films, they're not all ages, but they get they have that sort of feel. But then, you know, in the same thing in the first one where there was that sort of out of nowhere brutality here, it happened several times. Where it's like, I was shocked that they killed that woman that way. Just like, stab, toss. I was like, oh, shit. Biggest shock for me was that they went with the joke when uh, Darla was riding the unicorn. And she said, uh, taste the rainbow, mother, and then they cut it off. Oh, I think they went as far as mother, fuck. There was a F-U-C sound. Right. Like, they... There was no ambiguity about what she was saying. And I was like, you know what? Maybe give that to a different character. This is not me being a prude about her being a little girl. It's it, But it's like, she's a very sweet character. I, I don't feel like she would say that. Yeah. I think give that to somebody else. That was kind of rough. But that was like, I, I did like, if I had, you know, 
Coca-Cola in my mouth. Like if I had just taken a sip, that, that would have been spattered all over the place. I was, took me, took me aback. There was a lot going on. As you said, there's a lot of characters to serve us here. I was torn between feeling like it was happening all too quickly and feeling like they did a pretty good job of balancing everything. And so, yeah. you know, the sequence where in the beginning, she's making a diorama of a bunch of unicorns fighting something. I don't remember what it was. And then it turns out that the most deadly of all of the mythical creatures is the unicorn. So they find a bunch of unicorns and they get them on their side by giving them Skittles because they like ambrosia and it's close they got. And they use them to yeah, rise like, in battle. Okay, sure. Sure. <laughs> and even then, after she says, taste the rainbow motherfuckers, she then impales one of those guys with her own unicorn. I was yep. like, all right, geez. I was like, damn. These kids are going to need a therapist. I think one way that they kind of soften... If if a little, they don't make the monsters like super corporeal. They're kind of like made out of stone. Yeah. So like it's not gory. The, the dragon's made out of wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's yeah. I guess they're sort of wood, but like yeah, they're you know there's there's harpies flying around, but the, yeah, there are you know people impaling each other, but like it's not bloody. Right. Right. It's just like intense. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like a, like a dude gets picked up, and then like like the thing flies away, and then drops him, and yeah. He's screaming as he hits the ground. and <laughs> It's very Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. There are very prominent cameos of like people who aren't famous. Like it just, it, it feels like, oh, is that somebody? And I think it's like the director's wife or something or like, mm. like it's like someone we follow, but it's like, it's like an extra, but it's like they're, they're a featured extra. Right. Um, there's a lot of those moments. I can wait for like Bryce Harper to show up or something like, you know. Because right. as you said, they yeah, kept focusing sure. on these people. I kept waiting for like, here's a you know, here's a prominent member of the Phillies. They were very yeah, and just just like the unicorn you know thread that goes through the movie. There's a baseball thread for you know yes. for Pedro. His mom wants him to get into into something. So I guess because he's like more introverted, he's the quiet yeah. one. And so she's like, let's watch baseball. And he gets into baseball, but it's more because he's attracted to the players. I, and I thought the scene where he comes out was also really good, where. Mm-hmm. They're just like, everyone needs to be honest. About, and then he doesn't realize we're talking about something else. He shouts out, I'm gay. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, we know. You're like, we know, bud. Yeah, that's cool. That was good. And like, they don't like, it's have a big to deal. like linger on it. Just, about. Yeah. I thought that was nicely done. I think the family dynamic is terrific. I think the parents are great. Parents are dope. I, I really like those actors. I am very annoyed that I am older than the dad. <laughs> Cooper Andrews and Marta Milans play Victor and Rosa. Like they're, they're really they're the kind of parents you want to have, you know. Especially mm-hmm, if you're definitely. if you know in your if you're in a found family situation, they're sort of the, like the iconic foster family. They're also great. like there's a weird bit where Mary was talking about like they're almost they're going to lose the house, but then later they say we bought the house, yeah. th- which was just destroyed by the dragon coming out of it. <laughs> and I thought there would be like follow up on that, like. What, right. how they were able to do that not that that's like exciting sexy stuff for a movie but like i don't understand exactly what that uh i think I that's part of the problem is them. like i said there's just so much yeah in the effort to give everyone a little something they have to gloss mm-hmm. over a lot just like mm-hmm. oh you know we didn't really get to dive in we saw way more of the parents in the first song because it was way more about billy as billy as opposed to as opposed to shazam mm-hmm they kind of just had to give them and they, you know, they got to be part of the crew once they found out about their kids and have their battle, battle truck or whatever, the battle van and, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, run over a minotaur. And as a film, I felt like it teetered on the edge of flying apart, but it never did. <laughs> sure. Right. I don't think it was a great movie. No. 
It's a problem when your lead character is kind of annoying to be around. Mm -hmm. Well, it helps that there are so many characters that, you know, (laughs) focus shifts to the other character. Like if it was just Billy, like, mm -mm. we'll get to the the last two bits, which are the other cameo and then the post credit sequence. Was there only one? I didn't stay for the end. There's two. Oh, man. Fuck. There's a mid credit and a post credit. I was the only one who stayed. I had things to do. I was the only one who stayed for the mid-credit one. I had things to okay. do. I had to be somewhere. And I was like, what are the odds? And I should have I should have stayed. People stayed for the mid-credits. And then the lights went on. And I was checking my phone to see if there were two. And it no. said there's two. And then like I, I like had to, like it was a, uh, one of the theaters with recliner seats. Mm-hmm. I had to uh, decline my seat because the guy came along and he was like sweeping it. <laughs> So like it was just me. So I was like, okay, I'll get up and I'll just walk to the back of the theater and watch. I'm an idiot. I always stay at the end, but I literally had to be somewhere. I had to go pick something up. Credits were long too, or they felt long. Actually, you know what? Let's let's flip what I was going to do. Let's talk about the let's talk about the scenes, and then we'll end with sort of okay. So the first thing is, you know, Billy as a red blooded man is somewhat obsessed with Wonder Woman. He has dreams about her. Mm -hmm. He's constantly talking about her. There's a very prominent dream where they're on a date in Paris, but we only see her from like the back or the the neck down in the same way we only saw Superman that way at the end of the first film. Right. And then the wizard invades his dream and takes over her face, which was really unsettling. Yeah. So then at the end, when Billy is supposedly killed to save everyone, you know, by absorbing the power of the staff. And he is dead. They did. And kill he's him. dead. They buried mm-hmm. him at like look, what looks like Mount Olympus. Yeah, I, g- I guess that's the idea. And so his family's all there in the wizard, and they buried him, and also uh, Anthea's there. And uh, they right. say, you know, he could be resurrected if there were any gods left, but there are no gods left. And because Anthea's also lost her powers. Right. And then, you know, Wonder Woman Gal Gadot appears, and Deus Ex Machina resurrects Billy, resurrects the staff, gives Anthea back her powers, and all is right in the world. Billy makes a really cringy attempt at asking Wonder Woman out, and it's that doesn't rough. go well for him. And it was fine. It felt a little, it felt like they wanted to make up for the weirdo Superman cameo in the first film. And it was nice to see her again. Like it was but, like a fake out. Cause yeah. like there, it was like very clear in the Paris, which is a dream sequence. It's, it's the wizard invading a dream that young Billy is having. Yeah. And so he takes on the form of wonder woman. And that's the only time you see above the neck is when his face is, is on there. And it's, it's I will a funny say visual. That this, was also spoiled in a commercial. Oh, no. I was literally watching something else, and they had a commercial for the film come on, and they showed her like in the scene where she's walking away, and I was like, oh, fuck. That would have oh. been nice to be surprised about, but so anyway, that was also spoiled. So like, I'm assuming that's not Gal Gadot like, there for just that. That's like another actress. No, there was a, there was a body double. She was in the credits. Right. Okay. For the dream sequence. Okay, so they did the fake out, and it's sort of like, you know, they didn't actually have Henry Cavill for the first one. It's just a body double. But then you get the scene where she does show up. And the way that they write Billy Shazam in this Uh movie, I was expecting him to be like, hey, where were you when we were fighting these guys in Philly with the dome for the final encounter and him having to die? Right. He says the uncomfortable things. And, you know, me as a viewer, that's what I'm expecting him to say. But so, yeah, so it's... um. They have this weird runner about the foster parents being like, hey, our, yes. our boys are attracted to older women. <laughs> well, yeah, because their foster mom's super hot. Right? Yeah, because Freddie is interested in Anne and Thea. And she was like 6,000 6, years, years old, they establish. And 
Billy's. I mean, are they surprised Billy's attracted to Wonder Woman? I mean, everyone right, is attracted to Wonder Woman. So that happens. So then movie ends. Mid credits is two characters who I didn't really recognize because I didn't really watch any of the TV shows. Oh, okay. Show up. I think I recognized them from the. They were in the Suicide Squad film, right? Yes. They're most prominent in Peacemaker. Right. And they're also in Black Adam, or she is at least. Was she? She's like the Maria Hill when they take Black Adam to Antarctica or wherever and like put him on ice. She's like the government attache or handler. So they show up and they they, they want to recruit Billy. He thinks he's being being recruited for the Justice League, but no, they're recruiting him for the Justice Society. And uh, that's what the mid-credit sequence is. The team that does not have Wonder Woman on it. And I don't know why they have to track him to like the woods. <laughs> right. Where he's like, I was like, why, why is this set here? But he's like at his like, I don't know, little woodland hangout, like little rascals kind of like clubhouse. And Which he already and has a magical clubhouse. Doing to, exactly. Rock he's got the Rock of Eternity. Why aren't you hanging out there? So we'll get to my bigger thoughts on that after. What was the post credit sequence? All right. Post-credits is a callback to the first film's post-credits with Dr. Silvana in prison. Oh, right. And, oh, God, what's it called? The, the worm villain right. comes in to the window, and he's like, I've been waiting here for two years. I'm 57 years old. Like, we've got to move. And the, the worm is like, I- Mr. Mind. Mr. Mind is yep. like, I move very slowly. I don't have legs, really. I just kind of slither. But that won't be a problem for long. And Sylvana's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. And then he's like, but I have one more thing to do. And then he starts slithering away very slowly. The joke being that this is never going to get paid off because right. well, this reality is one, going away. That, I guess that tells you it's been two years since the first movie in, in movie time. So right. that tells you that. So then, yeah, I mean, there's no need for a third one. We'll get to the bigger sort of landscape. But, you know... Not every film needs to be a trilogy. I think that's what Bob Iger said at the last earnings call. I think mm. they're talking about Ant-Man. <laughs> but sometimes it's okay just to have one or two movies about a character. I don't think anyone's clamoring for a third Shazam film. If they make one, I'll watch it. But if they say this is it, I also won't be upset about it. I really hope they just wipe this slate clean, Paul. That was what, what frustrated me about the mid credit sequence being tied into James Gunn's TV show. Was that... I really think what he needs to do is he has to wipe the slate clean and start everyone over. Mm-hmm. He has to recast every actor, every character. I know he's already made his own things with Suicide Squad and, and Peacemaker, and obviously Viola Davis isn't going anywhere. I really feel like these characters, and, and Zach Levy is, I think, friends with him. So, I don't know. I just feel like everyone, just for the sake of getting the taste of the Snyderverse out of everyone's mouth, they need to wipe it out. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're just saying, like, oh, maybe we'll just keep him for, like, peacemaker season two or Mm -hmm. or whatever they're doing with waller like tv stuff like just as like a comedy character i don't know or maybe they're just saying like let's keep our options open it's just bizarre to start a basic avengers scenario where they you know go around recruiting heroes for the justice society like why would you start that now when theoretically you're rebooting the universe right you know it's a very specific and pointed scene to put in Unless it's like a weird inside joke about, hey, let's, you know, we're wrapping these up. Let's start doing the Sam Jackson thing. Let's start Maybe. doing that as just I like just found a, myself going, you know, this is this has been fun. I've enjoyed these, but let's try a different take on Captain Marvel. Yeah. I'm sorry, Shazam. Let's try a different take on all these characters. It's tricky because like I would be totally fine with them doing their own new version of 
Superman. I, nothing against Henry Cavill. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I, I'm ready to. There's nothing I want to keep about that. There's nothing I want to keep about their Flash. But then there's stuff like I feel bad because I think Gal Gadot is a good Wonder Woman. Yeah. The second movie sucked, but I like this Shazam family, and I wish that they could do something with that. But and if and I feel like it would feel weird in a way that rebooting Superman doesn't feel weird for them to reboot Shazam. Mm. And I don't, and I don't know why. I, and it's not, I, I have no affinity for Zachary Levy. It's more about the, the family itself. I just think that if you start picking and choosing, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Then you're running into issues. Totally. You get, no, if and, you're going to do it, just do it with everybody. Top line. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Like we're going to do it all over, except we're going to keep Zachary Le- Levi and we're going to keep Gal Gadot. Like, okay, I mean, I can wrap my head around that, but a lot of people won't be able to. Sure. And I just think the other day, if you're starting over, and also they want to make everyone younger because part of the problem at Marvel was they cast all these really great actors in their 30s and 40s, and they aged out real quickly. Mm. And so he he's already said he wants Superman to be a younger actor. Right. They have to start going back. You know, Christian Bale was 29 when he played Batman in Batman Begins. I think they need to go back. I refuse to believe that. Okay. Yeah. I think they need to go back and start because they, if they want to do any kind of long form storytelling, they're going to need younger actors to start with. Mm-hmm. I no, just think they need to start everybody over. I mean, no. It, yeah. I don't know. It's all complicated. It's all convoluted. I don't envy him his job, but you know, if you're going to do it, do it. If you're going to do it halfway, what happens if you do it halfway? You get the new 52. They didn't fully reboot. Yes. And it was all convoluted and kludgy and 100%. didn't really work. So. No more half measures. Right. Got a whole asset. Blow it up. All right. So that was Shazam Fury of the Gods. Let's rate it out of five stars ratings. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. People were aghast at my rating for uh, Quantumania. Uh, I saw on the Discord. Yeah. They're like, it's so low. Even after like hearing his you know, reasonings. Like, I don't think people were aghast at the low rating. I think they were aghast that the rating didn't seem to match what you're saying. I'm right. Sure. But that's, I mean, because people don't like that movie. I'm an outlier. I enjoyed this. What did I give Ant-Man? I don't remember. Two, five? Did is I? Is that right? I don't remember. Or was it higher? It doesn't really matter. This is just an entertainment show. <laughs> I'm going to give it this film. It's definitely not a four-star movie, but... I feel like three is maybe too low. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I was at I was at two point seven five. Okay, I felt maybe was I'm fair. at three point one. Because I feel like the first one is a three. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we really liked the first one. I don't remember what you graded it. I should make a spreadsheet, but I don't have time for that. <laughs> I'm going to give this a three point one nine five. Okay. And I don't know what the first one was, but I've got to believe we did higher than a three. Can't let ourselves go there. <laughs> no, can't be comparative. Always it's forward. Be Always forward. <laughs> so that's Shazam: Fury of the Gods. At the theater, I saw a trailer for Spider Man, which Into the Spider Verse or Across oh, the Spider Verse, okay. which they did not play that. I for hadn't me. seen yet. Well, I went to an AMC, so I saw all the trailers. Oh, okay. And I saw a trailer for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which actually looked that as looks interesting awesome. as Spider Man in terms of animation. The next big film release, well. Paul and I will be back for the Batman, the Doom that came to Gotham animated brain trust review sometime in the next month. Mm-hmm. I don't know if exactly when that's going to be. It depends on when it comes out in digital. But the next film is actually Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, I believe, in, is it? in okay. June. Well, I'm definitely excited for that. 
And so Paul, <laughs> maybe just be Paul and I again. We'll be back for that one. And then I'm just the Flash comes out a few weeks later, actually two weeks mm-hmm. later. Okay. You know, we'll be back for all these. Blue Beetle's still on the schedule. That's crazy. Does it exist? Does We've it seen, not exist? Is I it like anything? Okay. It's like Schrodinger's cat. It's like Schrodinger's movie. Does it exist? Does it not exist? Okay. Blue Beetle and the Marvels. I mean, to be fair, well, I guess we see the poster for the Marvels. We haven't seen anything from Blue Beetle. Right. I refuse to believe Blue Beetle's real and exists until it actually appears. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So we'll be back to cover the films, as, the, you know, as much as we can. And of course, the animated shows and all that stuff in our special edition reviews. We, of course, have the Pick of the Week show every week where my pal Josh Flanagan and I review the week's comics. We have our Talksplode interview show, our Booksplode review show. In fact, the next Booksplode review show is going to be on Kingdom Come. And I will say, and I meant to say this earlier, watching this movie made me want to go back and read Jeff Johns' JSA books because Captain Marvel was terrific in that book. Oh, yeah. And maybe want to go back. That was him as more of an awkward, shy teenager than, it, than he was an obnoxious. I mean, that was he gets involved with, uh, or not, Star, well, Stargirl. Billy Batson gets involved yes. with uh, Stargirl. Right. Right. I want to go back and read those. Anyway, we'll be back as always. And until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. Why can't you touch me?